If you enjoy listening to Turning Point with David Jeremiah, you will be happy to hear that there is now a daily Turning Point television broadcast that you can watch each weekday. Tune in to Faith TV, Joy TV, or Miracle Channel Monday through Friday to watch the Turning Point daily television broadcast. Be sure to check your local listings for the channel and time in your area. Or visit davidjeremiah.ca forward slash TV to download a program schedule or watch at your convenience. That website again is davidjeremiah.ca forward slash TV. Do you get frustrated when God seems to answer everyone's prayers but yours? That can stem from misunderstanding what prayer is and what it isn't. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah demystifies the concept of prayer and asks you to consider, is God not answering or is it possible that you're not listening? Here's David to introduce today's message, Why Don't My Prayers Get Answered? Well, thank you for joining us. This may be one of the most important questions we're dealing with in this series, 10 Questions That Christians Are Asking. It's certainly one of the most uh, asked questions from our mail and internet information. And uh, I'd like to give a broad answer to that question before we go any further. Here it is. Someone once told me, God does not answer 100% of the prayers we don't pray. (laughs) If we don't pray, God doesn't answer. And the Bible says we have not because we ask not. If you want to know why prayers aren't answered, the number one reason is they're not offered. And uh, if we don't start with that in mind, all the rest that we're going to talk about today won't make any sense or won't do any good. So we'll get to our discussion of this in just a few moments. But first, I want to keep telling you about this book uh, that is available only from Turning Point. You can't buy this in the bookstores. This is a Turning Point only production, and we created it just for you, our listeners and viewers. And we want you to have it. Ten questions that Christians are asking. It's yours for a gift of any size to Turning Point during the month of May. And we'd love to send it to you. It's our way of saying thank you for your investment in this ministry. When you give a gift to Turning Point, it helps us buy airtime, and it helps with the cost of production, makes it possible for Turning Point on radio to be heard just about everywhere in this country. Over 3,000 radio stations carry this program, and most of them air it more than once, sometimes as many as three times a day. So by doing what you do in your investment, you're multiplying your gift into the lives and hearts of many people around the country. So once again, send a gift of any size to Turning Point during the month and ask for the book, 10 Questions Christians Are Asking. Well, here's one of the 10. Why don't my prayers get answered? Why don't my prayers get answered? I've had a lot of people ask me that question. There once was a pastor who had a five-year-old daughter, and the girl noticed that every time her dad stood behind the pulpit and was getting ready to preach, he would bow his head for a moment before he began to preach, and the little girl noticed that he did this every single time. So one day after the service, The little girl went to her dad and she said, Dad, why do you bow your head right before you preach your sermon? Well, honey, the preacher said, I'm asking the Lord to help me preach a good sermon. And the little girl looked up at her father and asked, then how come he doesn't do it? (laughs) Unanswered prayer. Everybody who knows anything about prayer and praise has a little different take on it. 
It's always interesting to hear. And here's a young lady who's a teenager. Here's what her thoughts are on prayer. She said, God answers prayer four ways. Yes, no, wait a while, and you've got to be kidding. (laughs) Which tells you some of the things she asked for that she didn't get. I remember years ago, I read a story about a man who was being pursued by a roaring, hungry lion, feeling the beast's hot breath on his neck and knowing his time was short. He began to pray as he ran. He cried out in desperation, Oh, Lord, please make that lion a Christian. (laughs) Within seconds, the frightened man became aware that the lion had stopped the chase. When he looked behind him, he found the lion kneeling, his lips moving in obvious prayer. Greatly relieved at this turn of events, the young man went to join the lion in his meditation, and as he approached the king of the jungle, when he was near enough, he heard the lion praying, and bless, O Lord, this food which I am exceedingly grateful for. (laughs) There's always something with a little humor in it, but let's be honest, there's nothing really funny about praying and not feeling like you're getting answered. Ron Dunn, who was a great writer, written a little book on prayer. And in this book, he tells his story. He said, God did not answer two of the biggest prayers of my life. I wanted those things more than all the other answers put together, and I would have gladly forfeited all of my other prayers just for these two. I was surprised because I knew God would answer them. I mean, I had a word from God. We had done everything we were supposed to do. We believed. We prayed in faith. We confessed. We claimed. We pleaded the blood. We rebuked the devil. We thanked God in advance, and we even fasted. God had answered plenty of prayers like that before. But he didn't answer these prayers. And I was hurt because God had betrayed me. He had strung me along, tantalizing me with big answers to small prayers. And when the big prayers came, nothing. No answer, no explanation, nothing. Heaven was silent. He said, as the result of that, my prayer life began to shrivel. When I tried to pray, those two unanswered prayers hovered over me like two grinning demons. What's this? Are you praying again? It didn't do much good last time, did it? You're wasting your time. And he said, the prayers would die in my throat. I can remember times in my life when I felt a little bit like Ron Dunn. And I would be surprised if most of us today do not identify in some way with his words. The problem of unanswered prayer is not something that started with our generation. In the Old Testament, Habakkuk struggled with his unanswered prayer. He cried out, O Lord, how long shall I cry and you will not hear? Job struggled with unanswered prayer. In Job 31, 35, we have his words, O that I had one to hear me, O that the Almighty would answer me. King David struggled with unanswered prayer. In Psalm 13, we read his words, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Habakkuk, Job, David, all echo the frustrations that many of us have had at one time or another when it seems as if God is not answering our prayers. I've heard people who say they are Christians, say something like this, 
Prayer doesn't work for me, Dr. Jeremiah. It just doesn't work for me. I pray about things and they never seem to change, so why should I bother praying? So I want to go on record at the beginning of this talk to confess to you that I don't understand all there is to know about prayer. Frankly, I'm a fellow learner along with the rest of you. Prayer has a mystery about it that we all understand. I know that God sometimes delays his answer. I know that God sometimes answers with a no, and no is an answer. Yes, I know all these things, but I also know that there are times when God says he does not answer our prayers. Now, let me be right up front with this. The Bible says that God does not hear and answer the prayers of those who do not belong to his family. Praying is a family exercise. It belongs to those who are in the family of God. The only prayer that God hears from someone who's not a Christian is, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. But even after we become members of the family, we begin to realize that sometimes when we pray, it doesn't seem like our prayers are working. J. Oswald Sanders once wrote that when a prudent businessman discovers that his business is running at a loss, he will take stock, he will draw up a balance sheet, he will discover why he has made no profit, and he will take remedial steps. Shall we be less prudent, he said, in our spiritual accounting? Have we ever sat down and honestly faced this question? Do we just accept the failure of some of our prayers fatalistically, or do we say, perhaps it was not God's will after all, or do we ask honest questions? There are several places in the Word of God that simply say that under certain circumstances, God will not answer our prayer. And this is what I want us to explore in these next few moments. I hope we can use this as a sort of checklist. If my prayers are not being answered, could the reason be found on this list? Let's begin. Sometimes our prayers are not answered because of unprayed prayers. <laughs> James 4 verse 2 says, you have not because you ask not. Someone has said that the tragedy of our day is not unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer. Sometimes we don't get what we want from God simply because we don't ask for it. Our desires can be like concert tickets that we fail to pick up at the window or unredeemed gift certificates. We thank God for the day. We ask him to bless our food, but we fail to ask him for the things we really need or the things we most desire. Several years ago, I was preaching on the subject of prayer, and at that time we were doing dramas before every message. And here on the stage, he had to put some file cabinets, kind of like in a horseshoe. And the drama had a man coming to heaven, and the file cabinets were the vestibule of heaven. When he got to heaven, St. Peter welcomed him, and he asked Peter, what are all these file cabinets? Oh, he said, there's a drawer in one of these cabinets for you. And he said... What is that all about? He said, these file cabinets contain all the things that God wanted to give to his people for which they never asked. And I remember that day thinking, Lord God, I don't want to have a drawer like that when I get to heaven. I want to ask you for everything I need, everything that is important, everything that I believe you can bless. I want my cabinet drawer to be empty when I get to heaven. Amen? I want to ask for the things that I need. It's amazing to me how many people say God doesn't answer my prayer. When I begin to talk with them, I find out they have never specifically asked God for the thing they 
say they have not received. God is not going to answer your prayer for some specific thing because you pray at the dinner table. You're to ask him. The Bible says, ask and ye shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you, Matthew chapter 7. So the biggest reason why prayers aren't answered, and this is probably bigger than all of the other reasons, is they're just not offered. (laughs) We have not because we ask not. And then the Bible says that sometimes our prayers are not answered because of unconfessed sin. I used to think there was just maybe one verse about this in the Bible, but during this particular study, I have found out that this is a prevalent truth in the Word of God. Puritan preacher William Gurnall said, when people do not mind what God speaks to them in his Word, God does not mind what they say to him in their prayers. And John Bunyan of Pilgrim's Progress once said, prayer will make a man cease from sin or sin will entice a man to cease from prayer. So let me give you four or five scriptures that you can write the reference down. Don't try to write the whole verse. You'll never keep up with me. But write down the reference and when you get home you can fill in the verses themselves. Here's the most famous verse that says that. Psalm 66, 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Or Proverbs 15, 29. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. Or Proverbs 28, verse 9. One who turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. Or Isaiah 1.15, when you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Isaiah 59.1 and 2, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But our iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Or 1 Peter 3.12, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Sometimes, as followers of Christ, our prayers don't get answered because we're harboring unconfessed sin in our lives. Go back with me to the first verse, Psalm 66.18. Read it again. If I regard iniquity in my heart, notice it doesn't say, if I sin, the Lord will not hear me. It says, if I regard iniquity in my heart. In other words, if I know there is a sin in my life and I'm not doing anything about it. A person who regards iniquity as one who holds a particular sin in his heart and he loves it and he makes an alibi for it and he excuses it and he covers it up. It is not primarily, therefore, the fact of sin that keeps us from getting our prayers unanswered. It is the love for it and the excusing of it that pushes God away from us. The prayer God wants to hear from us when we have sin in our lives is 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All of us as believers sin. The Bible says if a person says, I do not sin, he is a liar and he doesn't do the truth. But it's what we do with it when it happens that God cares about. He's opened a way for us to have instantaneous forgiveness. But if we harbor something that we know is evil, something that's sinful, 
and then we try to pray, we will often find it to be very difficult. Sometimes our prayers are not answered because of unprayed prayers and unconfessed sin, and sometimes our prayers are not answered because of unbelieving minds. It says in James chapter 1, let him ask in faith with no doubting, For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. What does it mean to be double-minded? It means to trust God and then not to trust him. To trust him over here, not to trust him over here. To believe him here, to not believe him here. Someone has written this in a little free verse. It goes like this. As children bring their broken toys with tears for us to mend, I brought my broken dreams to God because he was my friend. But instead of leaving him in peace to work alone, I hung around and tried to help with ways that were my own. At last I snatched them back and cried, How could you be so slow? My child, he said, what could I do? You would never let them go. To be double-minded is not to let the requests go, not to be able to give them up completely to God, to give them to God and take them back. Sometimes our prayers aren't answered because we pray them and then we take them back and we try to work out the solution ourselves instead of trusting God. And then number four, sometimes our prayers are not answered because of unrighteous motives. James 4 verse 3 says, you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Now let's just be honest about this, men and women. God is not the big genie in the sky. He is not the sugar daddy just waiting for you to come and tell him all of the fluffy little wonderful things you would like. Maybe we do that when we're little kids. But grown-ups need to know better than that. God is not there in heaven just waiting for you to ping him so he can give you everything you ever dreamed of, no matter what you've heard on television or on radio. 1 John 5.14 says, This is the confidence that we have in God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. Matthew 6, 9, and 10 says, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. In the Bible, there are some interesting illustrations of Bible people who prayed, I'm going to use this in, I hope, the right way, some pretty dumb prayers. Take this one, for instance. Peter, overwhelmed by the sudden appearance of Moses and Elijah on the Mount of Transfiguration, impetuously asked that shelters be built for the two time travelers and for Jesus. He wanted to set up camp on the Mount of Transfiguration because he didn't want to go back down to the real world. Here he was with Jesus. Who wouldn't want to stay with Jesus? But that was a dumb thing for him to do. That wasn't the will of God. The disciples, James and John, along with their ambitious mother, once said to Jesus, When we get to heaven, I'd like to be seated one on the right hand and one on the other. They wanted seats of prominence in the kingdom, and they got their mother involved in the deal. And Jesus said, you do not know what you are asking. 
What was wrong with those prayers? The prayer was for something that they could consume on themselves. They wanted prominence. They wanted power. They wanted prestige. God is not in the business of answering prayers like that because we're asking amiss. Our motives are wrong. Peter earned a strong rebuke when he objected to Jesus' plan for Jerusalem. Jesus jumped all over him and he said, Get behind me, Satan. You do not have in your mind the things of God, but the things of men. And that gets right to the heart of the problem with inappropriate prayers. They're self-serving. They're not in accord with God's nature. They put the focus on our things, not on the things of God. Someone has said, we ask for health, not to serve others, but to engage in riotous living. (laughs) We ask for wealth so that we may live in luxury instead of serving God with our money. The word spend in the verse means to waste or squander. God will not give us something just to waste it. God refuses to listen to men who eagerly pursue selfish pleasures. Greed is idolatry and God hates it. This doesn't mean we cannot ask God to do something for those we love. This does not mean that we cannot ask God to give us our daily bread and meet our needs. The key to understanding this verse is the word spend. It is a word that means praying for something just because you want it. It has nothing to do with the will of God or the purpose of God. It's just a selfish prayer. It's a frivolous prayer. Here's a good illustration. We must remember that God's ultimate concern is not with our team winning the ball game, but in himself being glorified in the process. His ultimate concern is not that we all have perfect health, but that we lift every ounce of our health up to his honor and glory. His ultimate concern is not that we have a high-paying job, but that we praise him and are thankful for what he provides. His ultimate concern is that we are consumed with his glory in whatever state we are in. And I believe that God delights in giving even the smallest of things to his children. But we must weigh the motives of our hearts against the substance of our requests. We must ask, is my desire in this to see God glorified in my life or am I just wanting this so that it's for me? God plainly says that some people do not get what they ask for because they ask for the wrong reason. You probably have read this. It's on many cards that I've seen in uh, greeting card stores, but it bears listening to right now. It goes like this. I ask for strength that I might achieve. He made me weak that I might obey. I ask for health that I might do greater things I was given grace that I might do better things. I ask for riches that I might be happy. I was given poverty that I might be wise. I ask for power that I might have the praise of men. I was given weakness that I might feel the need of God. I ask for all things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I received nothing that I asked for, but all that I hoped for my prayer was answered. Well, now that's a perspective that you need to think about. What are you asking for? Where does it fit in the priority system that God has given to us in his word? You'll ponder that question, I'm sure, as you continue to pray. Once again, let me end with what I began. Um, God does not answer 100% of the prayers we do not pray. And we have not 
because we ask not. So keep praying, friends. As you pray, God will give you wisdom, and you'll get better and better at it, and you'll be able to watch God work, and you'll see his answers. And uh, I promise you, God answers prayer. I know that for a fact. Well, uh, tomorrow we'll talk some more about that. And then um, on Friday, we're going to talk about this question. Is there a sin God cannot forgive? On Tuesday and Wednesday of next week, what is faith? And then on Thursday and Friday, what is the greatest commandment? The series, 10 Questions That Christians Are Asking, available to you on the radio, but also in a book by the same name. Be sure and ask for this book that will answer these questions in print. It becomes a permanent record for you to memorialize what you've been listening to and have it always available to you when you need it. And uh, you'll be helpful to somebody because you get this book. Here's how you get your copy. Send a gift to Turning Point during the month of May. And when you send your gift, ask for your copy of the book. It's not related to how much you send. It's related to that you do send something. Do your best. If you're able to do a big gift, give it. If you can only give a little one, give it. But whatever God tells you to do, whatever he enables you to do, give your gift and ask for the book. It'll be on its way to you before you know it. We'll see you tomorrow. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, 10 Questions Christians Are Asking, please visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected. Our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. When you do, ask for your copy of David's hardcover book, 10 Questions Christians Are Asking and learn to live with greater confidence. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your favorite smart devices, or search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries for instant access to our programs and resources. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.org radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, 10 Questions Christians Are Asking, here on Turning Point. Dear friend, I'm Dr. David Jeremiah, and I'd like to take a moment to speak with you as the world faces the coronavirus pandemic. There is no question we are living in a time of unprecedented uncertainty. It is unlike anything I have experienced in my whole life. And the temptation in times like these is to allow fear and worry to creep into our thoughts and to rob us of our joy. But in these uncertain times, we need to remember that God is still in control. And my prayer for you is that you are healthy, you're in a safe place and surrounded by those you love. Please keep the ministry of Turning Point in your prayers as well. We will continue to bring the healing power of God's word to you each day on radio, television, and online. And I really hope this will be a source of encouragement to you during the current coronavirus. So be safe, be in the word, and be in prayer. An ancient Chinese word of wisdom on leadership says that a leader is doing his job when people barely notice he exists. When the leader finishes his work, the people look around and say, we did it all ourselves. That's a good description of what is often called servant leadership, the kind of leadership practiced by Jesus. 
Jesus told his followers that when he left them to return to heaven, he would send the Holy Spirit who would empower them to do their work. That's what a good leader does, empower and equip others to be successful. Take a fresh look at your leadership style today. This is David Jeremiah, encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's leadership style on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today. Today.